Hey everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, I have a very special episode for you all about salon business building, color corrections, pricing, communication, boundaries, all of the things that everybody struggles with in the beauty industry. And I really wanted to just kind of speak with you about salon reality color corrections. And if you haven't watched my YouTube videos, I just released a two videos. So the first video is Salon Reality Color Correction Part 1 and then Part 2. And it's really a real life story of this guest I had. Her name is Rachel. And she even said, you should talk about this on your podcast. So I'm going to because it was a pretty interesting experience, but nothing I haven't seen a million times before. Nobody really talks about it. And it's kind of just something we all deal with and complain about or are resentful about because, you know, we're doing color corrections, but in reality, like people do not understand what goes into these services. And at the end, of the day we do not have to do them they are a specialty service and nobody is saying that a stylist has to do these services and I think if we change the way we look at things as Robert Cromine says the things we look at start to change and I wanted to just go into it and talk about it and give you guys a real life scenario that happened to me and how I handled it and you know maybe just go into some of the stuff we don't talk about in the industry so a long story short, actually, it's probably going to be a long story. I'm minding my own business. I open my email. I get an email from this girl. She's like, Gina, take pity on me. That's what the email uh, subject line says. And I was like, oh, my God. So it says like, blah, 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 blah. I need a color correction. Please take me. I know your books are closed. And yes, my books were closed because I have so much shit going on. Um, my books are open now. I always coach people to never stop taking new clients, but I was not able to do hair for a while. So I really was like not accepting people because I'm doing 400 other things. So don't compare yourself to an influencer, you guys. Like the people we compare ourselves to, everyday stylists, like do not compare yourself to an influencer that says client books closed on their profile. I had this on my network website. It was like, Gina's not taking new guests right now. Um, but I coach people to take new guests. If you're an everyday stylist, don't compare yourself to me. Don't compare yourself to all of these huge influencers who are doing 40 other things like educating, creating content, working for brands, running their salons. Like just because they say client books closed doesn't mean you have to have that as a goal because nine out of 10 times, we have our books closed because we simply can't mentally take any more guests. So since I went on my live rant on Instagram, which I'm sure a lot of you guys saw, if you haven't seen it, it's on my Instagram page, but it says the stupidest business advice I've ever fucking heard. And really what that was about was I was in mastermind and somebody's just like, hey, should I raise, should I when I raise my prices, do I keep my prices the same for my existing guests? And, you know, she had taken a class and they, whoever was teaching it said, you should never raise your prices for existing guests. Um, 
you should only raise prices for new clients. And I was like, that's the dumbest fucking advice I've ever heard in my life. Like you have to always be raising your prices. And if your books are closed, like if you're too busy to take new guests and you close your books, that is sign number one that you need a price increase. So I know I'm kind of going off um, on a tangent here, but for real, I was like, you know, not taking new guests because I was... First of all, last year I was not well. I did not want to take anybody. Um, I'm so busy with uh, the brands that I work with. I'm so busy creating content for you guys that I can't really carry a client book. Um, And now I am taking new guests, but for a higher rate. And I had to get my website situated. So I know I was saying like, keep open, keep your books open. Like I know that's what I coach to. And um, someone messaged me and they're like, yeah, but your books are closed. Like, how do you say that to everybody else and your books are closed? And I was just like, I am not the everyday stylist and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm saying like, I don't have time. Like I'm not behind the chair 40 hours a week. If you're behind the chair 30, 40 hours a week and you are not accepting new guests and hair is your full-time job, you have to always be taking new guests like you need to raise your prices and open the doors for people who will pay more and let your existing people drop off who don't see your value and want to pay your price and I know it's hard I know it's hurtful um, to say these things to people because you don't want them to abandon you but in reality you always need to be growing your business so I wanted to just throw that out there because I did go on a rant about it I did like say always keep your books open and then somebody called me on it and they were just like but your website says your books are closed and I'm just like because I'm doing 500 things like people cannot be comparing themselves to me or to these other artists who are in the same category as me who are having eight other businesses like hair is not my main business like I don't even want to do hair Um, I will do it for those who will pay my price who are kind who value my service and you know the people who understand that like I'm an educator and a salon owner first yes I will do hair and now my website is done so you know they can go on and you can book with me if you want to for 125 an hour um and you know I only book certain amounts of time because that's the amount of time that it takes so if you want to look at my bookings you can go to the network salon.com click our team and then click Gina you could see my booking you can book with me um and you could see everything I kind of do but flashback to when my website wasn't finished I'm kind of wrapping up the year of 2020 and and getting my business organized figuring out my pricing and my timing I just switched to a new platform Calendly for booking so that it all integrates into my calendar um you know I was kind of like not taking guests and on the website it says Gina's not taking guests so She's just like, please take pity on me and do my hair. And I'm just like, yes, of course I will do your hair. I love color corrections. It's going to be great. Um, But she said in the email, she's like, I just refuse to have it warm. And I was in my literal response. And this is how blunt I am with people now, because, you know, people need to get over the fact that they can't have everything they want in 10 seconds. And I said, I'm not a magician, LOL, but I will do everything I can to get you to your goal in the quickest way possible, in the healthiest way possible, in the most affordable way possible. Um, So here's my link. You have um, black and you want to go lighter. This is the only service I will allow you to book. And it was uh, from my website that I'm using now, like my booking website, but I um, didn't have it public, so I just had private links. And um, I do have like a lot of private links that I use. Um, 
so I sent her over the link and it was a six hour color correction service and you have to pay in full. And if you know show, I, number one, if you know show, I'll never book you again. Number two, if you know show, there are no refunds. Like if you need to move your appointment around, fine, move your appointment around. But if you no call, no show me, the disrespect, like absolutely not. So I like say that I'm like, there are no refunds for no shows. Like absolutely not. I'm a human being. My time matters. Like I have value. I'm a person and you can't just no call, no show me. So throwing that out there as well. So I send that to her. She booked it and I'm just like, great. She's serious. This is the type of person I want to work with. And that kind of weeds out people who are, you know, when you have boundaries with your booking like that, like it will weed out people so that they, you know, the wrong people will just be like, oh no, I don't fuck with her. And great. So she books with me. She comes in. We have a great consultation. Um, I really like was clear with her like your hair is going to be warm. You're going to need another session. We're going to go through and do a platinum card on you because in order to get from black to blonde in one session and to get this like as light as we possibly can, you have to address every single hair because if I just go in and do a full highlight on you... If I go in and do a full highlight on you, next time you come in and I do another full highlight on you, there's still going to be dark in between. Um, and then I'm, it's going to take me three times as long to foil it because there's all hairs in between and we can't address everything right. And I'm going to overlap because it's going to eventually drive me crazy to go through. You know, it's really difficult to do these blonding sessions not in not in like a correct way so I explained all that to her I explained that we're gonna have to make some decisions during the service like if we're gonna go with the warmth and tone you as light as possible your next session is going to be way better because we're not gonna have to break through more color that we're already breaking through your hair isn't you know we don't want to make it darker and then blast the cuticle even more and lighten it even more so I was just like we need to make some decisions that are going to help push us forward and not set us five steps back. So I, I told her all of this. We had a great consultation. Everything was fine. Um, I did her hair. The color came out great. You can watch the full YouTube video with instruction, um, voiceover and like full on education. Like it's a great video on my YouTube channel for free. So go watch it. If you haven't watched it, it says salon reality color correction part one. And then, um, you know, then so she she we're blow drying her and in the video like you'll see she had banding and she was still really warm she was like orange yellow she wasn't really yellow orange like she kind of was yellow orange in some areas but she was really warm and I made the call to tone her a level nine I put a little bit of a level eight um, SB in there from Joyco I put a little bit in there to just cancel out some of the orange but at the end of the day, I made the call to keep it lighter. And if it looked a little fucked up for two weeks, I was okay with that rather than damaging her hair and going darker. So I made that call and I was just like, this is what I have to do. And when you do color corrections, you have to make tough calls sometimes because you're the professional. Like the client is not the professional. Like they don't know anything when it comes to their hair. They're not sweating over their hair and freaking out and hoping it doesn't break and, you know, working for 10 hours on it. Like they're not going through that. You are you are the professional not them so I made the tough call um, and I could make the call that makes their feelings better and makes them you know uh, let it, it, but it's going to hurt them in the long run 
and you know who's going to hear it later and the guest is going to be like well it's more expensive or this isn't what i thought or blah 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 or my hair is more damaged and that's because we do things for them and not for their hair so anyway so she uh for her first session was great um i was blow drying it i wanted to tell i wanted to highlight her again um because her goal was to be solid blonde and with a gray transition and that's a very difficult goal but i mean i've done it before i knew it was fine um and there's always the option to color darker give it more time and highlight it like there is always that option um that is another technique that you can use but you do it uh much farther apart so i would do you know that single process color and then give her like six weeks and then highlight it again but her goal was to go solid blonde and the quickest way possible and I'm like we can do that too but your cuticle is going to be blasted for a little bit it will shut back down um and you know it's just a different process so what we ended up doing is we did the full platinum card we gave two weeks in between we don't we kept it light obviously um like I said before and then we went in and I was going to do just a full highlight on her um and when she came in for her second session she was mad at me she was like not happy um Rachel if you're listening love you so much we are already we're amazing doesn't matter you said I could talk about this um but and she ended up being great you know what I mean through the end of it she ended up being great but we had a moment in the service where she was really upset because her hair was crazy looking and that's to be expected with color corrections if your goal is to go solid blonde you have to trust the process right so for her second session she booked a two and a half hour session which was not long enough you know what I mean like I thought we were gonna do you know a full highlight on her address some of the banding and address and and blend it even more and then I thought she was gonna have another session after that and I didn't realize that like you know she was not as easygoing as she seemed because I would have booked two six hour sessions in a row um, or I would have denied and declined the service if I had known how she was going to react on her second session. But lucky for her and lucky for me, I'm a strong fucking person. And instead of freaking out and fucking up like a lot of stylists do during corrections, I was really strong. I stood my ground and I pretty much let her know like, no, you're not going to tell me how it's going to go. This is how it's going to go or you can or we don't have to do it. You know, because I'm a person and I'm not going to sit here and stress out even more because I don't have to do this color. Like, I don't have to do your hair. And so let me go back to when she came in for her second session. So, or for her first session, when everything was done, I was like, this looks great. I really want to highlight you. Like, as I'm blow drying it, she's like, I love it. It looks great. I'm like, mm, I really want to highlight you. Like, I wanted to add more time that day. And she didn't want to. She loved the color. It was like yellow. Um, and she had a mullet. So like honestly, like with the mullet too, I was just like, uh, like a mullet with needing a color correction. A mullet with a great color is great. But a mullet with a color that's not great is really fucking bad. So um, I really wanted to highlight that day. I would have stayed late and canceled the rest of my day for it. But she didn't want to. She was just like, no, it's great. I'll wait two weeks. This is great. I'll book my next session. I was like, perfect. Um, but I still like wanted to highlight, highlight her. Like she needed another session. And when you watch video one, you'll be like, yeah, she needed another session. Like, I can't believe that she's leaving like that. But in reality, you have to tone with the next session in mind or else it's going to suck. Um, and sometimes you have to deal with, if you want to be blonde, like it's not your God-given right to be blonde. Number one, Greta Wagner said that. And I was just like, you're right. Um, it's not your God-given right to be blonde. Like, 
you know, it takes time. It's not instant gratification and it doesn't happen like, oh, super easy. It's just not like that. And there's always the option to go to somebody cheaper and there's always the option of booking a longer session. There's always the option of doing it in like eight sessions. There's always a million other options. What she had wanted to do was go from dark to light with no like as little warmth as possible and in the healthiest way possible. And in my opinion, my experience, like that's the way I wanted to do it. So she came to me because a lot of hairstylists sent her to me for number one. So like hairstylists didn't want to do her hair. Like they didn't want to do it because it was crazy. Like she had the blue in the front, the process blue, and then she's got black and then like she's donned it. She's put like all kinds of removers or whatever. And you know, it's a luxury service and it's not easy. Like people don't want to do it. So the price is going to go up, right? And it's going to take time, right? So people need to understand that in this instant gratification world with hair, it's not a one minute transformation it takes hours and hours and hours and stress and stress and stress and dealing with the things that you don't want to deal with to get to your goal it's a climb she books her next session I'm you know not stressed about it but I can't wait for it because I don't want her to walk around with warm and orange and brassy hair especially with a mullet especially with a mullet like it's already it's already a mullet which has to have the right color or else it's just not okay um so it was definitely something where i could not wait for the next session so seven days goes by and she sends me an email and the email says gina my hair is damaged i want to cancel the next appointment i think i need my hair to rest um let me read you the exact email Okay, so here's the exact email she sends me like seven days later. She says, hi, Gina. I'm really sorry to ask this, especially since I was so damn eager to get highlights. But is it possible for me to cancel our upcoming appointment? I actually just washed my hair for the first time since we bleached me. And to be honest, my hair is pretty processed, which, by the way, I knew would happen. I had hoped to not be so orangey, but I know there is only so much you can do. I still plan on getting highlights eventually to brighten this up, but I don't think it would be a very good idea for my hair to be further lightened at this point i hope you understand and let me know thanks so much so my response is hey rachel i always recommend a two-week rest period for the hair and then we can re-lighten your hair is certainly in shock which is completely normal i think you will be fine with a half highlight with low volume a gloss to close down the cuticle and another treatment i would finish the process up and at least let me take a look at and finish what we started would you consider reconsidering the cancellation If not, would you be open to pushing it out instead of canceling? My recommendation is that you keep the appointment and I do not recommend that you wait. Also, living with hair that is this warm for too long will discourage the end result and you run the risk of regret and coloring over it it or doing something on a whim. I have been doing color corrections for over 10 years. Please trust me. If not, I understand, but I highly disagree and I recommend you keep the appointment saying this all with a hug and a smile. And I said that that way because, you know, sometimes emails and texts can be taken out of context. People always think I'm being rude when I'm like commenting or something because I'm so blunt and I'm not like adding a bunch of heart emojis and shit. But like, 
I'm telling her, I'm just like, if you don't follow through with my recommendation, your hair is going to look like shit, number one. Number two, you're going to hate it so much that you're going to box dye over it and waste $750. And, you know, this is how it's supposed to go. Like, you wanted to do this. Let's keep doing it. Like, what are you doing right now? You know what I mean? So in my heart, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm trying to be professional and I'm just like, you know, please take my recommendation. So that was my response. And she said... Okay, if you think it's best, I will keep the appointment. And she kept it and she showed up. But that's not the end. Let me tell you what happens. So I was really, really happy that she decided to keep the appointment. But I've been doing this a long time, you guys. I've been in situations where people cancel their second session and then I see them on Facebook with black box dye because they don't realize that this is not an instant gratification thing. And as a stylist, like it is not our fault that you want this. Like, it is not our goal. This is your goal, right? And I want to just throw in there another thing about color corrections. And this episode is probably going to be long about color corrections because honestly, when you are going to do a platinum card on somebody's hair, it doesn't matter what product you use. It doesn't matter what bond builder you use. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who the guest is, honestly. When you do a platinum card on somebody's hair, their cuticle is going to take at least two to two plus weeks to close back down. I've been doing this for over a decade, color corrections for over a decade. I have never platinum carded someone's hair where their hair is just completely normal right after. The cuticle is in shock. The hair is in shock. It has just been bleached nine levels. There is no way that the cuticle is going to just close back down and become a virgin again. There's no fucking way that that happens. So when people wash their hair for the first time and they see that their hair, and, and even if they don't have breakage, like my guest had no breakage. I showed her the brush and you'll see in the YouTube video, the brush had no hair on it. There was no breakage. The elasticity was great, but the cuticle was blown open because... That is what happens when you put lightener on the hair, the cuticles open and we're freaking digging out all of that color, all of the random shit you put on your hair. And then how flexible your cuticle is depends on how much color you've done in the past. So if you've been beating on your hair, it's going to take your cuticle even longer to close back down and it's going to give you that frizzy, busted wide open look. That's just what it is. Like, that's just how it goes. So I'm sharing all this with you because I hope in your next color correction, you can share this with your client. Like, you can share this with your guest and be like, okay, listen, the first time that you wash your hair, your hair's going to look frizzy. It's not going to be the same. Your cuticle's still going to be open. And it's going to be that way for the next two weeks. Like, your hair needs time to close down. Now, if you're putting a lot of heat on your hair, if you're washing it all the time, if you're using crap product, the cuticle's not going to close. It's not going to close down. Uh, you need to let it rest for two weeks. You need to use like a really good shampoo and conditioner. I love the K-Pack Color Therapy. It's a really, really, really good um, post-color shampoo system from Joico, the K-Pack Color Therapy. That's what healed my hair when I was like going from blonde to dark and my cuticle needed to close down. One of my favorite, favorite products uh, to use for color correction. So I was basically like, you know, this is to be expected, but I could have always explained it more. And it's like when you're doing corrections, like it's almost like they need like a video. I'll make a YouTube video for this, but what every guest should know before a color correction. And you could just send this to them and be like, you know, I'm going to make that video eventually in a couple days. But, um, you know, 
it's really important for the guests to know what to expect because otherwise you're going to be getting these frantic emails on unrealistic expectations and you're just trying to do your job. So basically to be expected that the cuticle is blown open and if they want to cancel the appointment for their second session, they're going to regret it. They're going to box die over it or do something over it. Um, They're not going to be able to stand looking crazy for more than two weeks, even if they think they can. They absolutely will not be able to handle it. Nine out of 10 clients will box their hair or freak out or get resentful and angry at you because you're not a magician. So really setting the expectations and making sure they're realistic expectations is a major key with any of these services. Okay, so she shows up to her appointment two weeks to the day later, and she said, I've had it like this for three weeks. I'm like, okay, it's been two weeks, but I understand when you have hair that you don't like how time drags on. I get it. Um, But it was two weeks to the day that she came in for the service. Um, And she walks in with a beanie on her head, completely, her hair is completely covered, and she has this look on her face of disgust. Um, she has this look on her face like she's ready to kill everyone in the salon. Everybody in the salon felt the energy. People were people were like, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, why? And they're just like, um, your guest is here. And I was like, okay. So I'm just like, hey, how are you? And I'm ready to go. Like I am used to this kind of thing. So I'm like ready for the next session. I wanted to highlight her in her first session, but she didn't want to. Um, I would prefer to do everything in like a 10-hour day. But guests can't afford that and don't want to sit for it. So like it is what it is. So I'm like talking with her. Um, I greet her. I go over and she's like, can we talk before? Can we talk before we go over? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What's up? So I sit down across from her. Eye contact on the same level, like same stuff I coach to all the time, like great communication, great body language um, and confidence. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? She's not going to shoot me if she does. If that's how I go out, that's how I go out. But, you know, I'm ready to go um, mentally strong. And I'm like, what's up? And she says to me, she goes, by the time I will have left today, I will have spent $1,000 on my hair. And my first thought is not enough. I'm undercharging, number one. That's my, fir- that's my first thought is I'm undercharging for this kind of work. My second thought is, okay, yeah, and like, Okay. And she goes, I just want to let you know that I better love my hair. Like I need to love my hair. And it was a threat in my opinion that like basically if her hair isn't perfect, that she's going to do something because she's not happy with the investment. And I'm just like, okay, like what's going through my head is, are you fucking kidding me? This is what's going through my my head. Are you fucking kidding me right now? It's what's going through my head. I'm like, I'm like, number one, I don't even have to do hair. That's my first thought is like, I don't even have to do hair. Um, My books are not even open and I'm here doing your hair and you're going to talk to me like this. Like, no. Um, And I know people talk to hairstylists like this all the time. So I can't wait to share with you what I said to her because um, I did not start the service without setting some boundaries. So I'm just like, yeah, I wanted to highlight you last time we talked about this. Uh, we're here to keep keep it going and it's going to be great and you just got to trust the process you know you got to trust me because um this is where we are and this is what you wanted to do so i'm here i'm i'm here for it i'm rested i'm in great state like let's do it like it's fine and she's like okay okay 
and she still has the beanie on and like I remember her hair from before and it's not bad like it was literally like to be expected from a color correction like I've seen so much worse I've seen bands not move at all I've seen people's hair break off completely in the sink I've seen people have you know irreversible damage that you know you just have to do a haircut I've seen people have horrible chemical reactions I've seen everything and her hair was not bad at all so I'm like wondering like did something else happen you know so I'm like let's just go over to my station and get started because we have two and a half hours and to sit here and like chastise me and like talk to me like uh, and threaten me and all those things is like okay like we're wasting time number one number two um, you know it's not really fair to the stylist because it's just not fair to talk to anybody like that and put that kind of pressure on them so I was like let's go sit down so from the front desk area to my station is about like 200 feet and I'm like the whole time my mind is racing with what to say because I'm not a fake person I'm at this point from the front desk area to my station I considered just ending the appointment refunding her and having her go somewhere else because I've been doing this a long time I have a lot going on and I don't have to do it right and I say this honestly I know that there are stylists who are working 40 hours a week this is how they put food on the table and this is their entire livelihood so if you're sitting here being like oh that must be nice just, just know that I'm an educator okay and I took this client because she begged me to take her, okay? <laughs> so this is what's going through my head. I'm just like, I'm about to just end this fucking appointment right now. Um, so I get over to the chair and she's got this energy, like this attitude, like she would rather be anywhere else than there. And I'm just like, all right. I was like, can we just get something out in the open right now? And she's like, yeah. And I'm just like, listen, I don't appreciate you throwing my rate in my face. I said this to her face. I was like, I don't appreciate you throwing my rate in my face. You know, you came to me because I am known for what I do. I am the best at color correction. I'm the best at what I do. You came to me knowing this. You came to me knowing my price. You came to me paying in advance. So when you throw my rate in my face, that is super disrespectful to me. Like that is not fair to me. And I said to her, I am a human being. And I don't think that it's fair that you threw that in my face. And another thing I want to say is that I don't have to do this color correction. And this is something stylist. Like, I think these two things are very important. If you're being shamed for your prices, they know the price before they come in. And if they commit to it and they spend outside their means and make you feel awful about it, that is not okay. That is toxic. Now, my guest, I'm pretty sure she was just having an emotional moment because she had to deal with, you know, having warm orangey hair for two weeks, which I totally understand. There's an emotional part of color corrections that we have to deal with and address. And I think it's good to talk about it because if we don't address this, we're not going to be prepared to handle it. Now, my guest was having a moment, but if you have a guest who is making you feel uncomfortable during the service, the entire service, like if you... You got to set boundaries because if you just let them walk all over you, they're going to have that attitude and that stress and that pressure because if they feel like they can break you, they're going to put you under that pressure to make sure you do a good job. And I've been there. This has happened to me a hundred times and I was always too chicken shit to set a boundary. And with my salon, Gina Bianca hair, like I was uh, walking on eggshells 24 seven because I was afraid someone was going to tear me up on Yelp or something. And I always just let people treat me like shit and walk all over me. And I'm sorry, I'm done with that.
And she was having a moment. Like she was, she's not a bad person. She's actually really great and I love her and I'm going to do her hair in the future. But, um, you know, if you have a guest who is treating you like this, like don't start the service without setting some boundaries. And you can say like, hey, it makes me uncomfortable when you throw my rate in my face. It makes me uncomfortable when I feel as if you don't trust me. And I don't think this is a good match. You know, I want to do your hair. I want to get this done. But like, I need you to be on the same page and to trust me. Okay, so anyway, if you have a guest treating you like this or if you have a guest who is making you literally scared, giving you anxiety, and I have a lot of stylists I work with at the network who are just like, yeah, I won't do it because it gives them such crippling anxiety and shame if they don't do it perfect. And anyway, so it's toxic when people treat you like this. Okay, so that's not okay. And you have to stand up for yourself and you have to do it in the best way that you know how to do it. So for me, I was just honest and I was just like, I don't appreciate when you throw my rate in my face. And I said to her, I'm a human being um, and I don't deserve that. And the third thing I said to her, and I think that every stylist should embody this. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I think that every single stylist should embody this. We do not have to do corrections. It is not something that is just like, you have to do this. They are so stressful. People have such unrealistic expectations. The results are inconsistent. They're so time consuming. They are difficult. There are so many steps. They're high anxiety. And if the guest is giving you issues and they don't want to pay, happily pay you to fix their hair, you should not be doing them because they're going to end up a disaster. Uh, somebody always ends up hurt with them because it, it, it's just not fair. So I said to her, I was like, you know, my tattoo artist, when I want him to cover this tattoo and I pointed to a tattoo that I want covered, I said, when I asked him to cover this, he said, I don't do that. He said, no, point blank. No. So I said to her, I was like, I don't have to do this. These are, you know, you need me. I don't need you for this. Like, you came to me because I'm the best because none of your friends and she's like got a hairdressing background. I was like, none of your friends wanted to do this and they referred you to me. And that is my rate. I deserve that rate. That's my price point. And you knew this coming in. So I just want to put that out there because I'm not going to do your hair and feel all kinds of crazy and all kinds of resent and anger while I'm doing your hair because it's not going to come out good. So I just need to be real and honest with you. Um, part of me wants to end the appointment, but you know, we have two and a half hours to get you to your goal. I'm going to do everything I can to do that. So I just wanted to say that before we get started, is it okay with you if I go back and mix and we don't waste any more time with this? And she was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just freaking out, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I get it. I 100% get it, but I'm a human being. And I think a lot of stylists will just take it and hold it in and be like, um, okay. And they'll just go in the back room and they'll freak out for 20 minutes. They don't know what to mix. They don't know what to do. They go in the back and they cry. Like I've seen it happen so many times and the anxiety it produces, like they can't do the service. And if this has happened to you, um, I'm with you because it's happened to me too. And I want to just empower you to say like, I don't have to do this. You don't have to do a color correction. Like these people, it's not like Greta said, it's not your God-given right to be blonde. Like people do not have to be these things. It's a luxury service. That's a luxury price. And it's something that's super stressful, time consuming, and it's really high anxiety and you do not have to do it. So I was in the back room with my people and they were just like, how are you okay? Like what's going on? And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to do it and deal with it. Um, but they're just like, I would not be able to do that. 
and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this on YouTube or the podcast because people are like, and um, one of my artists, Brian, he was like, yeah, I would never do that. Like I would not, I would have a panic attack. I would not be able to do it or I would just suffer through it and it would take years off my life. And hairstylists, like when we're put under this kind of stress and pressure for something that's a fucking luxury service that you want, it's not something that we did and created and all of that. Like this is something that the guest wants. Like it is not fair to put us under that kind of stress. And especially it's hair. Like we of all people know how important hair is. Um, We know how important it is. So us of all people want it to be perfect. We went into this industry to make people look and feel their best. So when there's a color correction, you're dealing with a lot more than just hair. And I'm going to go through that in a little bit and kind of give you a, you know, color correction breakdown, like what you're actually dealing with. And clients, if you're listening to this, like if and you need a color correction one day, you need to sit down and let us do our job and you need to have some realistic expectations. And if you're not kind, I hope that every hairstylist, like and my goal is to elevate the beauty industry. And that means helping artists be happier, healthier and live a better life like artists you do not have to do these make them so in demand that the price goes up because honestly like there and and the thing is is that I don't do color corrections for the money because I lose money on them well I don't lose money but I'm not making a million dollars like the amount the guest pays like I'm not making that you know what I mean like there's tons of product costs there's time costs the cost to do everything that we do to provide the service and to pay myself a reasonable wage you know what I mean because my time matters then there's profit you know so obviously you have to pay for my time I'm a human being and this is my business but when it comes to um, you know color corrections being profitable you know no matter if you're independent contractor or not like your pay your payroll off of that service like you have to pay for your time that's not your profit okay so it's not like I'm making a million dollars I'm like breaking even and just paying for my time like the amount of time that it takes, like I could do more hair in one day. Um, I, I do them to change lives through getting the guests to what they want to get. And I do them to create content and education. Like I do them to tra- change lives. Like I don't do them for the money, but you have to pay for my time because I'm a business owner. Like I'm not, a f- uh, it's not a hobby for me. You know, so people usually don't do corrections for the money. Like nobody's a color correction specialist to get rich because it's really like not about the money. It's about the gratification of like getting through it and the growth and like how much you learn from it. And, um, you know, for me, it's for most people, it's like to help the guests look and feel their best and to and to overcome the challenge. Um, but I would say nine out of 10 hairstylists aren't charging properly for them and they're losing money because of how much product and time it actually takes and to what people are expecting to pay. Um, so people aren't doing it for the money. They're doing it for the impact. And I definitely do color correction for the impact and to educate. Like I love getting a color correction and I often will only do them if I can shoot content. Like if I can shoot and teach with it. So if you're a, an everyday hairstylist doing color correction, please set some boundaries charge your worth and make them known for what they are every hairstylist that bends and breaks for these services is setting the industry back so you have to stand up for yourself so i mix in her color 
I ended up doing another platinum card and you'll see the video by the time this comes out the video part two will be out um, and I'll probably have a color correction video for you and your clients that you can kind of share anytime your guest has a color correction you can just attach the video to your um, appointment confirmation and it'll be like what to expect when you get a color correction um, I'll make that for you guys because I really think we need to like we need to like solve this issue of color corrections and unrealistic expectations and we need help in our consultations with them so I'm gonna give you some tips on this episode and some tips on YouTube uh, coming up but I want to just tell you the story because it's just such a real story and my guest is great it ended up all working out and she's great and I'll definitely see her again as a client she's really cool but I do her hair I get her color on I have two assistants working with me to get this color on and to film and to try to get the content for it because now we're on a time crunch um, but I did the entire process again. I did a platinum card on her again. Uh, I just used bigger sections, low volume to get past that orange. The color looked great. And I came over and I checked the uh, foils. And once I opened the foil, the first time I did her hair, I opened the foil and it was not lifting. And I was like, fuck. And she's just like, she could tell something was wrong. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, she's like, what's wrong? And you'll see in the video one of the color correction, she's just like, it's not lifting. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's just slow and steady wins the race, right? But she had a huge band in there from a permanent retouch she did like three months ago. So we were fighting with that. But um, I came over in her second session and I'm like looking at the foil and I'm like, oh, it looks great. And I realize it's lifting. It looks perfect. It just needed another session. Like I said, because I've been doing this forever, um, just need another session. And I was like, oh, it looks great. Like we're in good shape. And she was just like, hey, I'm really sorry. So she apologized. And um, I appreciated that a lot because at that point, if it had kind of stayed with that energy, I probably wouldn't have booked her again. But she apologized. She was just like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, you're right. Like, this is a lot. And I'm really sorry to have said that and thrown your rate in your face because she did. Like, when people make comments about our pricing, it's incredibly rude. Like, it is so fucking rude to do that to people. And I've done it before in the past, not to hairstylists, but I've done it in the past. And, you know, it's something that I'm, like, never going to do because I, like, dealing with that is just so difficult. And it makes you feel undervalued and it makes you feel really upset and resentful and angry and unworthy. And it's just not a good look. It's not a good way to treat people. So she said, I'm really sorry for doing that and throwing your rate in your face and um, she's like, I didn't mean to. She's like, this is just a lot for me. And it's really important for me to love my hair. She's telling me things I know, right? Like she, I've been doing this forever. So she's telling me all this stuff that I already know. And what I said to her is this, I said, you know, you're really lucky. I'm a strong person because most stylists or most people would not have been able to handle the pressure that you put me under. And your hair would not come out as good as it's going to come out today because I, a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people would not be able to handle that kind of pressure. And it's unnecessary pressure to put somebody under when this is the service that you wanted. We don't want to do it. Like I like to do them because I like to do transformation. That is like my thing. I love it. Um, and I was doing it more for the content and to be able to teach others how to do it. I wasn't doing it for money. I wasn't doing it um, like that. I was doing it to make an impact. Like I'm not doing it for the money. So um, I said to her, I was like, you're lucky I'm a strong person. 
and that I didn't let your words like mess up my mindset because a, a lot of people would not be able to keep going with that pressure. So when you treat people like that and put them under that kind of pressure, it's just unfair, especially for color corrections, which are difficult, time consuming, inconsistent, stressful, high anxiety, and often require multiple steps. It is just not fair. So she, I kept it so real with her and I'm glad that I did because I'm a person, like I'm a human, like the customer is not always right. I'm sorry. And like, we live in fear of Yelp and we live in fear of bad reviews and we live in fear of people like destroying our business, but we let them treat us like shit. And I just think it's like, the more real you get in a way that's professional. Like I said to her, I was like, listen, I don't appreciate that you throw my rate in my face. Like I'm a person. And like saying it like that, instead of being like, you know, that's rude, don't say that, or like making a huge scene about it, it's different. If you be real with them, like look at them, human being to human being and be like, hey, like I'm a person, like that's not fair. And then she apologized to me, which I thought was really great. And that saved our relationship because I would have probably never booked her again if she had treated me like that and then treated me awful throughout the service. And people have done that to me and I've never taken them again. And the energy's off and it's horrible. And that's what happens with color correction sometimes. Like people don't realize how long they take and the consultation wasn't there or something went wrong or, you know, and I'm going to share in a few minutes, like the other things that you don't realize you're dealing with with the color correction until they happen. But, you know, I'm really glad that she apologized because the whole situation, I'm here talking about it to you to help elevate the beauty industry. So although it was kind of shitty in the moment, like it was all happening for me. And um, now we have these beautiful color correction videos. We're going to help other artists um, evolve and elevate and transform their business with this story. So like it was all happening to me or all happening for me, not just to me. And I'm glad it happened, but I'm really glad that we talked about it and that I was real and open with her instead of just swallowing it. Because like when I started the service, I could have just swallowed it and had an attitude with her, which I have done in the past. I have 100% just swallowed it and just been like, fuck this person. Like, I don't even care if they come back or not. Like I've done that too. So truthfully, I'm really glad I kept it real with her and it ended up strengthening our relationship and her hair ended up being even better. Like I had a choice in that service to keep it real or to be fake, to grin and bear it or smile and do it, you know? So really like when you're doing these color correction services and you're doing this transformative work, you're dealing with so much more than just what's in front of you and I want to talk about that because it's really it's really like gratifying work when you do it and those who specialize in correction you know what I'm talking about it is not for the money it is for the impact and the more color corrections that you do the more experience overall that you have as somebody who specializes in correction i feel like one day of a color correction gives me one month of experience so if i do 12 color corrections that's adding on a year of experience for me it really really does because it, it does strengthen your mindset it does strengthen if you if you let it it will strengthen you as an artist and it will strengthen your skills and it just gives you that much more um, it just gives you that much more edge, that much more experience and you can handle more and it helps you grow. That's what I'm trying to say. 
So this episode, um, I wanted to tell you that story. And, you know, at the end, you, you can watch both uh, the videos one and two. It's Salon Reality Color Correction 1, Salon Reality Correction 2. Um, and there's tons of tips. Like I give so much free education and tips on those videos. Like if you are a hairdresser, watch the videos. Listen to them if you don't want to sit and watch it. Listen to it, okay? They are so good. The education is great. There's so many things that could happen. And I really want to help people with these services. So go watch the videos on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Gina Bianca. Um, completely free. I'm not asking for anything from you guys. I just want to help you. And um, really share with you the power of color corrections and how to adapt and evolve through them. So again, so this episode, I wanted to go over what else you're dealing with with a color correction and things to think about during a consultation, things to bring up. So if you take notes during these podcasts, now would be a good time to bust it out and take some notes uh, to improve your consultation experience and maybe things to bring up um, during the correction. So you're dealing with not only the result that they want, okay? So the, the, the mountain in front of you, you're not just dealing with that, the transformation. You're dealing with the client's emotions. And there is so much uncertainty with color corrections and none of these things you can control. And that's what makes them so beautiful is because a life of beauty and growth is full of uncertainty. So corrections are full of uncertainty in every way, shape and form. The only certain thing about color corrections is that they're going to stress you the fuck out and help you grow. Those are the only two certain things. Okay. So in a color correction, you are dealing with the client's emotions you cannot control you can't control their entire life where they what they have been through up until that point because every single person human being has a filter like you can say something to someone you could say the sky is blue and then it goes through their filter and they can be like wow they said that really fucked up or don't they know that the sky is green or they can have like a completely different set of belief systems and some people are crazy Okay, some people are nuts. Like some people's like emotion and filter is completely crazy. Okay, so when you're doing a color correction, you are dealing with the client's emotion and the filter that they have. So whatever happened in their life up until that point has built their filter. So what happens to them during the color correction service is going to go through that filter and come out with their reaction that you cannot control. So you have to be prepared for that. You're also dealing with your own physiology and psychology. So if you're not built for this, like if you're not in good shape, if your psychology isn't strong, if your filter is fucked up and every look they give you is going to throw you over the edge, if you're not a strong person, color corrections are going to take an enormous toll on you and you're probably going to leave work crying or be in the back room having an anxiety attack. So really, really important to know that you're dealing with not only their emotions and all of that, you're dealing with your own psychology, emotions, and physiology. And like, if you're not physically built to do this, they are exhausting. Like, it's good that we wear a mask for this because the lightener, all of that, really, really good we wear a mask for it. But being on your feet that long, your shoulders, the diligence it takes, like your own physiology and psychology is very, very important. So if you have a color correction tomorrow, drink a ton of water, go to bed early, wake up, work out, 
meditate, like get into a good state if you have to do work like this. Because if you're in a shitty state, if you're hungover, if you're not rested, if you're not nourishing yourself, you're going to be resentful because you're not taking care of yourself and putting yourself first. And when you put yourself last and you do work like this, you're going to hate it. So you have to take that into consideration. You are dealing with your own physiology and psychology. You're dealing with what is on their head right now that you did not create. If you did create it, you're dealing with what you have created or the past. So you're not dealing with virgin hair typically, but if you, I mean, virgin hair is in a color correction. So you're dealing with whatever happened on their hair, what they told you and what they didn't tell you. You're dealing with the water that they have, the color that they have. You're dealing with the medicine that they take, the drugs that they take. You're dealing with um, the keratin treatments that they've done, their entire hair history you're dealing with. You're dealing with their expectations, realistic or not, the picture that they have in their head. And I always coach to, um, and if you're not in Mastermind, join Mastermind because the course that I include in there now, Adaptive Consultations, talks all about expectations. It talks all about, um, you know, what they expect and the picture that they bring in. Like I always go off a picture unless sometimes with a color correction, I don't, I don't. Because I'm just like, there's no, I don't know how this is going to come out. I can't promise any picture. I can, I'm, my goal is even blonde or my goal is solid blonde or my goal is this color. Like I will say like, if I can't give a goal, I will say my goal is uh, this. And I try to like really manage the expectation. But if they bring in a picture and the picture is in their head, you're dealing with them thinking about that picture and expecting that picture, whether they look like that person or not, you're dealing with that. You're also dealing with their past experiences. So you're dealing with, um, you know, how did their last stylist treat them? How long were they in the salon last time? What was the vibe like in the salon last time? What did their stylist do last time? You're dealing with that past relationship and that past experience that has nothing to do with you. You're uh, dealing with their unique hair texture regardless of what's there now. So with their hair, if it's fine and fragile or curly and fragile or whatever, you're dealing with that too. And um, those are just some of the things that you're dealing with when you're taking on a correction. Are you stressed yet? Because this is what we deal with right? And it's something you have to be prepared for. And if you don't fully expect to prepare for it, live it and love it, it's going to be, they're going to be really difficult for you. One more thing that I think it's really important to talk about is that you're also dealing with their styling skills because when I was blow drying her hair the first time I blow dried the cuticle closed, it looked great. Um, it was beautiful. And then the second time um, she came in and she was like, yeah, well, I want to wash and wear my hair and not put heat on. It. I'm like, but your cuticle is blasted wide open like it is going to look frizzy. So like they have to like blow out their hair once a week and then let it go and just let their cuticle close. But like if they can't style their hair or if they refuse to style their hair or they want to wash and wear after a color correction, your cuticle is blown open. Okay, it doesn't matter what product you use. It doesn't matter what bond builder you use. Like you are good enough no matter what fucking products that you use. Um, it's important to obviously use products you believe in and that you love and to use them responsibly. Like I used five volume and 10 volume on her hair, low volume, super gentle. Um, I use the bond builders and every single product I've ever used. If you're doing a platinum card, which means every single hair in a foil bleached out, the cuticle has to have time to close down. It's just like 
physical, like it has to close down. There are products that can help. You know, you can use acidic based products, like you can use really great um, shampoos and conditioners, which are going to help, but it's still the hair's responsibility to close down. Like the hair has to do that itself and product can help and force it, but the hair has to naturally close. So I always recommend a two week rest period. Um, blow, like I'm gonna blow out your hair and style it. It's gonna be great. Go as long as you possibly can without washing it. And then after that, wash with everything I recommend for you. If you use something else, it's gonna be a disaster. Um, wash it, treatment, blow dry it, like take an, an hour and blow dry your hair, smooth it out and close your cuticle and then leave it alone for another week. Like that is a two week rest period. The next time you wash your hair, try wash and wear, try to wash it and like use some oils and stuff and let your cuticle naturally close down. But your cuticle is going to be open. If you want to do a full decoloration process like a platinum card like pulling all of that color out going from black to blonde or doing some crazy corrective work your cuticle needs to close so if you wash and wear your hair after a color correction it is going to be frizzy it is going to feel damaged it is going to feel blown open it's just how it is so something that you're dealing with is their ability to style their hair and their ability to understand and adapt like put your hair in braids like wash and wear or like can they deal with that can they style their hair will they come in for a blowout and a treatment you have to deal with these things too so just some things to think about and ways to adapt and evolve your service and listen to this podcast a few times you know listen to it and take it in and take some notes and and think and look at your service and say how can i take this information and, and really and really grow my business and really enhance my communication and really make my consultation better and, and really be prepared for these services because they're going to come at you they are stressful but if you're prepared and you're in a good state and you have this information you're going to be fine all right, so now you're going to be also facing, and these are some of the things that you should bring up. What I said before, like those things that you're dealing with, those are things to expect. These are some things that you should bring up during the consultation. So you're dealing with their budget and boundaries with money and are they spending outside of their means and are they going to be pissed at you for this? Because you need to let them know, this is my rate. This is a luxury. This is not something that anybody needs. Like, this is a luxury service. This is my rate. So I cannot guarantee we will get this result unless we spend X amount of hours. And even if we spend X amount of hours, there is a chance that it will not get you to that rate. Uh, or to that result. And again, if you're not in Mastermind, Adaptive Consultations, my course that I include in Mastermind now, it's $30 a month. It's crazy low price. I told my coach what I charge and she laughed at me. It's such a low price for Mastermind. Um, it, the price has to go up soon. So get in before our price goes up. Um, just a side note, but I have a whole course on this. It's like a five video course on consultation. And it has like my multi-step color agreement. It has my new guest forms. It has all of these things. So like you have to like let them know like this is going to take multiple sessions. This is going to take multiple hours. Like if a guest has three hours booked and they know like blatantly know like this is going to take more than three hours. Like this is like in, until we spend 10 hours on this, I don't know if I can get you to this result. And that might sound crazy to some people, but it took me six hours. It took me three hours just to put this girl's foils in. And I'm really fast and it took me three and a half hours just to get the foils in properly and make sure everything was saturated. 
So when talking about how long something is going to take, like even fast hairstylists, this takes forever. Like when it comes to a color correction, yes, there are time standards. Like you can't be chit-chatting all the time, but like you really have to move quickly. But like still it takes a long time no matter who you are. And I think it's worthy to bring up in every single color correction consultation that they always have another option, which is I can dye your hair black to cover this mess. So if they have a crazy color correction that needs to get fixed and their goal is white platinum blonde, that is going to take X amount of hours. Definitely a long time for most people, especially if they have a lot of hair. If you have a lot of hair too, it's like a Ferrari, an Audi, all of these cars that are expensive, the tires cost more. You can't have a nice car without paying more for it. You know what I mean? It's a fortune to maintain a nice car. It's also a fortune to maintain long hair and to color long hair and to have transformation on long hair. You know, there's always other options. We can dye your hair black. That is always another option that costs usually 150 bucks to dye your hair black. We can do that. You know, if it's some kind of correction that they can't walk around with it and it's like a necessity for like professionalism, like they have to get their hair done. Like if it is an essential service, but they want to be blonde, blonde is the luxury, black is a solution. So always good to say like, you know, this is not an essential thing. So you don't have to do it. I just like think that the culture around this needs to be like talked about. And I don't know, I know I'm talking about one of my clients, but she told me, you know, as she was leaving, she's like, I'm so sorry. I was being such a dick. Like, I love my hair. I should have trusted you. And I shouldn't have said that. Like, she apologized to me like 10 times. And she's like, please talk about this on your podcast. So people might be like, why are you talking about your clients? This is unprofessional. But like, she was cool. She was talking. She follows me. She knows who I am. And, um, you know, it was her emotion talking. And this is what hairstylists deal with every single day. And I'm lucky I had a guest who was cool and who was, even though she had her moment, I'm lucky that this all happened because now we can help elevate the beauty industry. So she's cool. Um, damn, there's a lot of info on this podcast. So yeah, basically before I went off on a tangent, letting your guests know how much time these services take. It may sound crazy to take three hours to apply a foil, but it takes so long. These services are tedious, time-consuming, time and you have to be diligent, you know, because you have to take small, small, small sections. You have to pull the foils if they're done so their hair doesn't break. It is such diligent work that people need to know. So you have to talk to them about their budget, and you have to say, this is a luxury this is something that's going to take multiple sessions. It's going to take multiple hours. I have to start with a six hour minimum in order to get you anywhere close. We have to do it this way or else you're not going to get to your goal. So letting them know this is my hourly rate. This is what I charge. This is the minimum I require for the first booking. Um, you'll definitely get to your goal, I hope, by this amount of sessions. But I can't guarantee it until we get through the first session and we'll have a better idea then. So this is a luxury. It is not their God-given right to be blonde. It's not. It, it's just not there. It's it's a luxury. It's not something that is like, you know, hair is a luxury. To have these like crazy looks and results and everything and to have a stylist slave over your hair for 12 hours, that is a luxury. There are people who are dying, who can't even eat, who are shitting in a hole. I always say that like there are people who don't even have plumbing. And to be so demanding with a color correction that we have to slave over for something to have your hair look a certain way, like come on people, like it is a luxury service. You have to pay a luxury price. Something else to bring up in the service is breakage. 
there is always a chance for breakage. It does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. If you've broken somebody's hair to the fucking root, I have too. Okay? They call me the hair doctor, but that does not mean I haven't broken people's hair off. Okay? I did this girl's hair once, and I did a bleach retouch on her. I've done this a thousand times. I'm washing her out in the sink, and her hair was breaking off at the root. Okay? From the point of her root to the line of demarcation that I did, her hair was breaking off and sticking straight up like I had just cut her with a foreguard. Or I don't even know what guards are with men's cutting. Um, I have no idea how to even use a clipper, to be honest with you. But it was like literally sticking up like her. It was like two inches long and it was breaking off. And I started panicking. I was like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Um, and I was freaking out. Having a, I was literally having a heart attack. And when you break hair, you know, your knees buckle, your stomach hurts. You want to throw up and shit yourself at the same time. Like it is the worst feeling ever when you break hair. And as stylists, it's just a part of the job. It's part of the risk that we take. And I did her hair and I was like, what? I was like, your hair's breaking. I was like, because you can't hide it. You can't hide this. It was breaking. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what did you do something before? And she's like, yeah, I did my own roots. And she had told me that she had done her own roots, but she didn't tell me the second part. She was like, oh, yeah, like I did it with 40 volume, washed it, dried it, and then did it with 40 volume again. And I was just like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know she left it out. And that was one time. Another time is I'm doing a platinum card and the guest wants platinum blonde and I'm going over their hair. I'm making them blonder. I'm doing my thing. And oh, chemical reaction. Oh, you have box dye well water and take thyroid medication. Okay, great. You still want to be blonde? Okay, great. We're doing it. Test strands, fine. Okay, great. But this area of the hair that you decided to do like pink and purple on five years ago, this isn't great. So it's going to break. It does not matter who you are, where you're from, what you do hair breaks. So when you're doing color correction, um, I always think in, in my adaptive consultation course, which is included in mastermind, if you're not in there, you have to be in there, honestly. Um, it includes my multi-step color agreement that says like, there's a chance of breakage sign here. Like if you're going to like not accept that there is a chance that your hair is going to break you, your unrealistic expectations, because there's always a chance. And if you don't, if you say like your hair will be perfect, everything is going to be fine listen, that's the time it's going to happen to you. So you need to have realistic expectations. You need to do the test strand. You need to try it out and make sure it's good, especially if their hair has like, you know, crazy colors, if it looks really bad. Um, if there's a lot of weird hair history, keratin treatments, thyroid box dye well water, like you need a test strand. So there's always a chance for breakage. There's always a chance for banding and uneven lift. No matter the bond builder you use, no matter the lightener you use, no matter how small your sections are, like my sections were microscopic on her hair and I still had banding. And it's because four months ago she had done a, a gray coverage retouch, but every other time she was blonde. So like that band in the center of her hair is going to be there. Like there's always a chance for banding and everything you did in the past will show up to haunt us. Like it, it is just a part of it. So, and your guest is not always going to be honest with you. So you have to tell them banding and uneven, uneven lift is a possibility. And if that happens, I have to reapply. 
reapply could be another session reapply could be opening every foil and hitting it again reapply could be washing drying and then doing it again reapplying could be a hundred different things but guess what it costs more time and it costs more money and that's why i always say we have to charge hourly and hourly with color corrections is mandatory in my opinion because who is paying for that you can't give them a price quote for a color correction because who is paying for it when you don't deliver your time standards? Pricing is time standards plus hourly price. So if you don't know how long it's gonna take, you have to just charge hourly. And again, if you're not in mastermind, you really need to be because we have pricing essentials and adaptive consultations in there where you will learn all of this. You're gonna learn everything you need. It doesn't matter what level you are in the industry. You're gonna grow from those courses. And if you just listen to them, you don't even have to sit and watch. You could just listen to them like an audiobook. You could just listen to them and you will grow and learn from these. But you need to have your, your business in check and you need to tell them. Banding and uneven lift can happen. And if they do, it's hourly rate. So I, you know, I, I only have five hours today. So if it if it is banding and uneven, you're gonna have to leave with crazy hair and then come back. Like you have to know what's gonna happen and anticipate what is gonna happen. The next thing you have to be prepared for is chemical reactions or non-reactions, roadblocks. I can't even tell you how many times I'm doing someone's hair for five, six, seven hours and it just won't lift. Like there's one area that just won't lift and it's in an area that we can't hide and it's an area we can't cut. Like sometimes you could texturize it out or something, but like it just won't come out and then the, it's over. And like a test strand is a great idea, but like not every area of the hair is gonna react the same, especially with people who have intense corrections. So you have to let them know that if there's a chemical reaction and your hair starts breaking, or if your hair starts, the color starts reacting with whatever has been in your hair in the past, I might have to stop and we might have to shift gears. I always say there's, it's good to have a plan A, plan B, plan C. Um, plan A is everything goes great. Plan B is, um, you know, we have another session or we go with the color or against the color or like what are we going to do are we going to enjoy the journey are we going to have like uh you know are we going to deal with it for a couple weeks and have it look like shit like plan b is always just like okay we're not going to get to the goal today but what is it going to be until next time and then plan c is okay if nothing else works worst case scenario what shade of black do you want 1b or 1a i think it's also really good to bring up during a consultation their emotion you know, like just be like, this is an emotional process. Like I understand how important it is to love your hair. I want you to love your hair, but this is going to be emotional. It's not going to be beautiful. Your hair is going to have to rest for two weeks. Your cuticle is going to be blown open. Like you can't wash and wear your hair. Like when I blow dry their hair, I'm like, this is what your hair is like when it's styled. When it's not styled, your cuticle is going to be blown open and it needs two weeks plus to rest and close down. You need great products. If you use, like if people don't buy that, I include the product most of the time because if they don't buy it, it's over. I tell them like, if you use bad shampoo, it's over. Don't even call me. Don't even call me because I can't, like, I can't control what you do at home. Like I have your hair for five hours, you have it for five months. Like I, I can't control you. So if you're gonna not take this seriously, like don't call me, don't talk to me, like delete me, I can't. Because I'm over here slaving over it and dealing with all of the extra baggage, like the emotion that goes with it. And if you're not gonna take care of it, you know, don't don't call me. Like I'm not I'm not for you and I'm not for everybody. And if all, all if all hairstylists had this mentality of we don't have to do this and we do it because we want transformation and we do it with boundaries, it will be a completely different industry. And that's why I say I want to elevate the beauty industry because it does not have to be we let people walk on uh, walk all over us and we hate what we do. It just doesn't have to be that way. All right, this went way longer than I thought it was going to go. 
Um, <laughs> this went way longer. So I'm going to wrap up and just say, make sure, listen to this again, take some notes and re really look at your consultations and the things that you bring up during a correction. Always charge hourly. Always make sure you're being real with your clients. Do not let them walk all over you and be sure to stand your ground and set boundaries. You know, bring up the timing, bring up the pricing, let them know this is an at will thing. Like it is not your God given right to be blonde. This is a luxury. This is a luxury service. It's a luxury price. And you know what? Corrections are difficult. They're time consuming. They're stressful. They're anxiety producing. I don't have to do this. I will do it because I want to help you. I'm not doing this for the money. This is my rate so that I don't lose money and so I can put food on the table. I'm not doing this to get rich. This is to cover all of my expenses. You know what I mean? So talk about all this. And um, I really, really, really hope that guests can understand that you're not just paying for the end result. You're paying for our time. You're paying for our brains. You're paying for the thousands of dollars of product that we freaking, you know, it's not a thousand dollars of product. Sometimes it might be, but um, you know, it's a lot of money in product you're paying for and you're paying for our strength. In our experience, you know, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual strength that takes to execute a color correction and deal with people and deal with their emotions and deal with their hair, which is like the number one thing to people. It's like 80% of what we look like. It is a lot of pressure on stylists. So I hope if you're a client listening to this, you understand us better. I hope if you're a stylist listening to this, you're going to elevate your guest experience. Be sure to watch the YouTube video, Salon Reality Color Corrections Part 1 and 2. If you're not in Mastermind, join Mastermind and watch Pricing Essentials and Adaptive Consultations. Again, Mastermind is only $30 a month. Um, we do have to raise the price soon. It is very, very low price, high value. Um, and my coach is telling me to take my own advice and to charge my worth. So I really want to be accessible and elevate the beauty industry and provide tons of free education and almost free education with, you know, Mastermind. It, it really is like almost free with what we offer. So um, please join us and, uh, you know, get in while the price is low. You'll be grandfathered in for as long as I can. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to be creating for you and sharing all of this education for you. I really want to keep it real this year and in general and really help, uh, make a difference. So talking about these things is hard. I know that, um, you know, it's not easy to talk about them. I know that it's touchy subject and thank you, Rachel. She even said as she checked out, she loved her hair. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm such an ass please like talk about this on your podcast because she like follows me and she knows like how I am and who I am and um she wanted me to share this because she understood like it all came together where she's just like damn like this is a real issue and she knows that I tackle real issues so I'm glad we get to talk about it here I'm glad that um you guys even listen and I have a place to share I hope you're well hope you're happy hope you're healthy and I'll talk to you soon thanks for listening <laughs>